All right, whatever. Fuck it. Let's just start, and then we'll figure it out when we get there. I know what I'm recommending. I know what movie we're doing next time, though. I mean, actually, what movie I, are we doing next I, time? I'm I'm torn between two. I'm torn between one I've seen and I know I like, but I figure I should go for the one that I haven't seen, but that'll probably be a fun time. Nothing's fine. I'm torn. I'm going I'm to end you. <laughs> this is how I'm... Don't you sing Natalie and Brulia at me? I will sing Natalie and Brulia at you. I feel like this is how we should start the episode. Mm. <laughs> Probably. That's the intro there. Cool. Yeah. Welcome to... Hey, no! <laughs> That's my bit. Uh, Alright, we'll hop to it. I will. Welcome to episode 12 of Stuck in the Middle with You, a podcast where two guys take a look at a critically divisive film and see on what side of the consensus they fall on. My name is Derek Gade, and currently sweltering in the Floridian sun... Well, actually, not not so much now because it's, it's actually not at the night. sun because it's nighttime. Yeah, yeah. sweltering in the Floridian heat. <laughs> it's just heat. general Floridian heat and humidity. Did you just call it Floridia? No, I said Floridian heat and humidity. Okay. But if I did call it Floridia, who cares? Because it's Florida, <laughs> and nobody really gives a shit about us because it's terrible. Is my friend and collaborator Juan Barkin? Say hi, Juan. <laughs> hi. Uh, this, th- this podcast is going to be a little more bootleg than usual because we have some technical difficulties on one end, but not st- enough te- technical difficulties to, to not do the episode. I know. But if you hear a faint, uh, whirring in the background, that is Juan's fan. Something that he... Can you, can you, can you still hear it? A little bit. Not, not I as much as last time. you couldn't. Okay. Not as much as last time. But, uh, I want you to keep cool. I want you to not faint in the heat. I want you to I be able to do this pod. I don't have it myself, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> do, you have it, do you have it aimed towards your phone? No, I have it aimed, like, off into the far away distance. I don't know, um, why, I, I don't know why I asked that, because no one really gives a shit. The yeah, movie, all right. <laughs> The movie, and this was You know what else pick. nobody really gives a shit about? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, the movie that one picked for us to watch was uh, Ella Enchanted. A 2004 film directed by Tommy O'Haver. And uh, you kind of shot yourself in the foot with this one, man. I, I absolutely did. Um, so let's not waste any time. What is Ella Enchanted about? It's about a young woman who gets basically a quote-unquote gift from a fairy. Played by Vivica that... Fox. Not, yeah, not Vivica. The... Oh, God, help me. Not, not the young girl. The young girl in question is to is be Anne played Hathaway. by Anne Hathaway. Right now played by a baby. But, yeah, Vivica A. Fox A baby up. who pees on Vivica A. Fox. You know, that's a gr- here's Here's how I know this movie wasn't going to be great <laughs> right from the get-go. That's one, exactly how I knew. One, the kind of weird Uncanny Valley CGI that was going on. Oh, God, it was awful. And I didn't know to what extent it was going to be used over the course of the film. They use it a lot. This movie cost $50 million. It don't look like it. <laughs> It doesn't at all. It looks like a super low-budget production, and the way that they fucking used green screen so liberally is like... Not so much that they use it liberally, they use it poorly. Like, I've seen... Be- like, you know, rear projection does a better job at maintaining the illusion of a cogent reality oh, than absolutely. a lot of the green screen work in this movie. Anyway, so that's one. Absolutely. Two, Eric Idle as the narrator. Now, I love Eric Idle. I'm a big Monty Python fan. But if Eric Idle shows up in a movie now... Not a good sign. Probably it's like, not. It's like Eugene Levy. He's a legend. He's hilarious. But he's he's kind of a bellwether for quality and not in the way you would expect. Well, 
I, I'd, I'd stand by Eugene Levy when it comes to like American Pie show. Six. No, his show. Shit's Creek. Oh right, Shit's Creek. But we're not talking about television. Okay, I'm just saying, whatever. Yeah, no, American Pie like twenty. American Pie harder. I don't know. I can't think of a good shitty title. You know, I, I don't know if one of them is called American Pie Pie Hard, but I kind of if if there's not one of those movies called that, we should write it. We should write it. Okay, I, I, I think we could make a pretty good movie out of it. Three one. No, wait, wait, wait. magic. A completely like sort of defanged, <laughs> a pasteurized defanged cover of Electric Light Orchestra Strange Magic, and that sort of tinny. Vocal heavy, uh, everything in the mid range sounds at about the same level. Disney style, and all of the pop songs in this film are a sort of cheapo Disney cover versions, and b, ah, uh, man, I'm walking on sunshine. God. Whoa. Anyway, also we'll, R E S P C T. Find we'll get, out what it means to me. We'll have plenty of time to talk about the sort of Boulder Eye soundtrack as we go on. <laughs> That's and, fine. And, yeah, and four, the first sequence ends with a baby pissing on Vivica A. Fox. Now, yep. I've only, in recent memory, I've only seen one movie where uh, something and I know someone exactly which one that is. <laughs> pisses on another being, and that's Grown Ups 2. Your favorite movie of 2014. I think my most popular did the House Lights review, actually. It wouldn't surprise me. Uh, <laughs> for some, no, it's not true. For some reason, people like it when I'm, like, angry. <laughs> because you never get snarky. I, I find, like, a real talk, I find snark to be overvalued in film criticism. And I, I try know. my damnedest to avoid it. There's I a way, agree. There's I a way try to not, be, not to as well. There's a way to be critical and incisive without coming off... Like, you know, as holier than thou or hipper than thou or small. Anyway, that's another conversation for another time. Yeah. This movie. Anyway, so oh, this movie. The film. Uh, let me give a plot now that yeah. we're back to that. Uh, so Ella, the young woman in question, gets a spell from Vivica A. Fox fairy. Uh, Lucinda, <laughs> I believe. Yeah, Lucinda. Uh, who wears like pink frills and shit. But she's basically maleficent, like a drunk, trashy. Maleficent. Uh, yeah, this, this in, is another covered in frilly pink. Yeah, this movie's tone is really weird because this is ostensibly a. It's not really a kids movie, but it's not like. But there's like these jokes where oh, Vivica a. Fox is drunk. Oh, uh, this giant has a penis. Um, there's yeah, yeah. it's kind of like inappropriate gags in this film for what I imagine would be a relatively young audience. It's a PG movie. Yeah, it, it, it should be let, a young audience. Because let us not kid ourselves, this is basically a glorified Disney Channel original film. More or less, except worse, because Disney Channel original films most of the time actually have some like entertainment value. Like Teen Beach Movie. But anyway, Teen Beach Movie was a pile along. of shit. And Teen Beach Movie was a pile of shit. Teen Beach Movie was delightful. We've established that your definition of delightful is weird at best. Ah, fuck you. Whatever. Anyway. <laughs> Usually you try to disguise your contempt for me. Then you just told me to go fuck myself, basically. <laughs> anyway. Anne anyway, Hathaway. This so baby... Anne Hathaway gets a gift. The gift bestowed on her by Lucinda. 
The gift of obedience. The gift of obedience. So like she's she a fucking dog. Yeah, <laughs> like she, she literally has no agency whatsoever. She is forced to do anything that is told for her to do. So if I was telling Derek, shut up, Derek, he would have to stop talking right now. But thankfully I, I have agency. Stop talking, shut up, I hate you, God, just like, do what I tell you. Derek. See, that's that's basically the movie right there. Here, here's the thing: it is it, it is kind of a one gag premise, and but I actually think it's like it could be an interesting thing, considering the entire movie like about her once she figures out like, oh shit, I'm fucked because these people figured it out. Um, she attempts to get her agency back, which is actually a very cool concept for a movie. I think the like concept of like some character with absolutely no agency whatsoever attempting to journey to get her agency back on her own that is a cool thing Here, here's the thing with that the movie makes a point of saying that she's headstrong when yes. the movie gives no evidence to that other than oh i have my own agency except when this spell takes precedence and this movie yeah. plays pretty fast and loose with what constitutes an order pretty much right? yeah and i feel like that's kind of nitpicking but i mean it completely sort of demolishes not really the stakes of the film but, like, the core mechanism of the film feels wonky. Like, yeah. this is, as, interest, as intriguing as the concept may be, this is basically the world's weirdest cross of, of influences Stem. and gimmicks. Because it's as if yeah. someone had a hat and pulled three pieces of paper out of that hat, and the paper's read, in order, Simon Says, Amelia Bedelia... <laughs> and Shrek. This yeah. this movie, I coined a term after I'd watched this movie, and I I was asked by a friend of the show, Matt Ribeiro, out in Sudbury, Ontario, Canada, to say this oh, as often I as like. I can. This movie is total and utter Shrek exploitation. Let it me really explain. Is. This is the biggest Shrek ripoff I have seen. I know, and there's a lot of Shrek ripoffs, but this one takes the cake. I actually wrote Shrek about, like, ten times throughout my notes. It's in that same category uh, of movies as... The ones that I that immediately come to mind are the two hoodwinked movies. Oh, God. And uh, a movie which I believe has a 5% Rotten Tomatoes score called Happily Never After. And they fall into this category of, I guess, made fairy tales... Where, you know, they use sort of pop music and anachronisms instead of humor. And obviously Shrek was the one that did it the best of Shrek this. Did it well, I'll stand by it. Shrek was kind of... I stand kind by of... Shrek. I Shrek don't was... think it's a bad movie. No, Shrek was kind of illuminating when it came out. That was 14 years ago. Yep. But, like, in the coming years, like uh, everyone saw, like, DreamWorks swimming in that Shrek money and... And it's like, ah, oh, man, we got to okay these sort of made a fairy tale strips. And I think that cycle came to a close with Maleficent, which isn't strictly uh, exploitation, But since everything, every movie that comes out now has to be like a gritty reboot. Yeah. It's the logical endpoint of like that strain of exploitation in current <laughs> mainstream Hollywood filmmaking. So you'd consider Cinderella as well? One of those, or... I don't know. I mean, I haven't seen the movie, but is it sort of meta? Does it play with convention? Does it have... Does it have a song by fucking Casey and the Sunshine Band in it? 
No, it doesn't, but I don't, uh, neither does Maleficent. Um, okay, yeah, I mean, Shrek'sploitation is goofier, is more I feel comic. like Maleficent is a bit of a stretch, I guess. Even it's a bit of a stretch like, because I think it marries Shrek'sploitation and peak gritty, because everything has to be gritty now, right? Yes, it does. I know you have an issue with that. Not everything has to be gritty, man. Not everything has to be gritty, but Power Rangers is better as a gritty reboot. Whatever. Anyway. Well, um, no, that's another discussion for another time. Because that's a very different discussion for a very different because, time. Because, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make one parenthetical about Power Rangers, the Joseph Kahn short. Yes. That, that short is so glib, is so... <laughs> There's so many posts before the postmodern in that short that it kind of cycles away from being glib and comes back to being sincere again in terms of execution and style. Like it's not – like in terms of post-meta juggling, in terms of just post-meta execution of an idea, I can't think of anything else offhand that sort of matches that. Mm-hmm. I mean as a short, it's fine. But superficially, it looks like exactly like everything else, which is kind of the joke. But it's yeah. not really a joke. It's this weird sort of postmodern meta joke that J- Joseph Kahn played on all of us. Okay. That's my that's my piece. I know. Anyway, back to Ella Enchanted, uh, our do favorite we ha- movie of the year. Do we fucking have to? <laughs> yes, we do. We can, can have we just, as many sides as we are. Can we just talk about like Joseph Kahn and? Like, no, because Jeremiah was a bullfrog. Uh. My 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 problem was to somebody to love. <laughs> oh my but... god, please. Okay, we'll talk about that in a minute. Hang on. <laughs> so anyway, uh while this is all happening, the movie uh once once Ella grows up, she goes to Frell Community College. I actually kind of love that there's apparently a community college in this fantasy world and that there's some like actual semblance of like political plotting and shit that it tries to insert even though like no child in the universe is going to give a shit um but like i just thought that this movie like it's like haha it's a thing from now that was that's like that was ye olded up yeah like staircase yeah the 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 staircase with the dude's it's like yeah the escalator staircase it was fascinating i want that I want escalators that look like old staircases. That should be a fully functioning object. I think it was uh, a fully functioning object. Well, I would hope it was a fully functioning object in my life, but it's not. With but that anyway, budget, I hope it was. I know. <laughs> so anyway, uh, basically, the evil king, played by uh, Carrie Elwes, who yes. was probably the only good acting in this movie, and by good, I mean like serviceable slumming hard but uh, yeah. he, knew, he knew exactly what movie he was in he, play, he like pedal to metal and plays it like just crazy to the hilt just like yeah. so just slimy and just cartoonishly evil exactly as the movie demands right down exactly. to his right down to his death scene i could see the twinkle disappear in carrie elvis's eyes <laughs> and, I mean, i'm that, sure he was fine he came out with saw like basically the same it was the same year like a year later or something around the same time yeah yeah and 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 oogie loves wasn't on the horizon yet (laughs) listen oogie (laughs) loves that was that was the day i saw the the twinkle in his eye just gone (laughs) just that like when i saw carrie ellis in that movie i I saw a dead man standing i saw a dead man in a cartoon cowboy suit slapping his ass 
it was the saddest thing about that movie. <laughs> it was uh, truly, truly sad. But anyway, in his in his kingdom, they have basically driven all the ogres out and put giants and elves to work as laborers and entertainers. I'm quoting from the movie directly. And um, See, this movie isn't content just being like a kind of fluffy made a fairy tale. It has to be a political allegory as well. Yeah, and also like there's Baby Hugh Dansby, um, who you know, just this, doesn't look as attractive as usual. Which I don't know. Me. This was my first exposure to Mr. Dancy's work. I don't really watch television, so I haven't seen his work on Hannibal. I'm so sad. Like I am not impressed with Hugh Dancy, ladies and gentlemen. He's so good, but he's terrible in this, and he doesn't look attractive in this. It hurt me. That I mean, he 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 has like sort of a sort of uh, a bland generic hunkiness in this film like i i, I he mean he looked awful in this he might, Derek. He like he might, awful. he might as well have been credited as you know you know generic generic attractive dude one you know he looked awful in this but whatever uh he he didn't like, look as awful put, as i mean i mean i couldn't have told him apart in this movie from like a from like a, a jesse mccarthy <laughs> or uh or um or um you know some other dated reference Right side, he's aged like fine wine. Anyway, uh, <laughs> he wasn't in any single part of this episode of of Hannibal, the latest episode. But it was a beautiful episode featuring director he, Nince- uh, Vincenzo. Vincenzo Natale, yes. Natale, yeah. He did a gorgeous fucking job with that. that Dude premiere. knows what he's doing was, with the camera. I was, I was so impressed. Anyway... Back to it is so hard movie. to talk about this movie. <laughs> I know it is. Whatever. Anyway, um, so on the way to get her agency back, Ella meets up with Eugenie and they fall in love because obviously they were going to. Let's be real. And there are a lot of songs on the way to figuring things out. Um, uh, R-E-S-P-C-T was was one of them um jeremiah was a bullfrog hit the road jack uh you make me feel like dancing which played in like the far back distance um and fucking break in my heart as the finale yes and fucking queen somebody to love somebody to love which okay okay first of all wait to (laughs) wait wait a fucking like if this were on the nose more the nose would be broken yes second of all uh I don't think that shit is cute or funny. I don't either. I or... okay. Do you, can I can I just read my notes? Yeah, go. I think I was having a vague existential crisis at the moment that was happening. I literally wrote this right after. Man, they have good chemistry. Every scene between the two, once they start falling for each other, is actually good. But anyway, um, I wrote. Okay, is Were you just lying to yourself? Really? No, I wasn't lying to myself. I actually do think they have very good chemistry, uh, even though I don't think he's attractive. But she is, and I love her face. I love I, watching Anne Hathaway. I could watch her in anything, even though I suffered through Les Mis. Like, can I do I a parenthesis real quick Go about ahead. chemistry in film? I think that shit is way overrated. If an actor is overrated, if an actor or an actress or a performer is good, if two performers are good, they will feign chemistry they could hate each other great actors get that shit done that's fair look at mad max i'm not saying that chemistry doesn't exist or doesn't have its worth but i'm just saying that it's overrated okay 
I mean, you know, you know, actors, <laughs> people, people, you know, start relationships after they were in movies together. That happens a lot. Yes, they do. It does. But okay, these people but didn't. I think that it's the concept of chemistry between actors is overrated. Okay, that's Continue. fine. I don't, I don't necessarily mean the actors had chemistry. Like, I don't know. Like, the characters had chemistry, which yeah. is more than I can say for anything in this movie. Well, if the characters have chemistry, that's because the actors portraying them are doing a good job. Exactly, and that's what I'm implying. But you see, made I, it sound like it wasn't that. <laughs> see, I didn't think there was. I didn't think there was that much chemistry. I just thought that they were talking to each other in a believable, semi-believable way. In fairness, I think you just hated this movie so much you couldn't get there. I, I don't think that's the case. I mean, <laughs> here's the thing: actors have got to be really bad to not look like they're talking to another human being that's a that's a low bar to clear i think you'd be surprised anyway. I, I think i would <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah is Anne hathaway really singing somebody to love right now out of the blue honestly what are the soundtrack choices in this movie this know. is the awkwardest song cover ever how much money went into getting songs instead of a better production <laughs> i mean listen this this scene is really stupid and ridiculous, and I kind of love it, but I kind of hate it. No, I just kind of hated it. There's no that, like that was that like, was the last I, I was I was only taking to... <laughs> I took for like the entire movie until she's about to stab him. Like I was I was like into it until a the crowd started barking orders. Do it with more soul. Uh... Dance and. <laughs> B, when they cut to the lute player during the guitar solo, and I was like, this is the hackiest thing I have seen in a movie in a good long while. Who wrote this? Fuck this movie. <laughs> it was awful. Yeah, this movie isn't exactly, uh, you know, network in terms of the screenplay. I don't um, know. This like, is I, truly Paddy Chayefsky, even with the lawyer who... Or, or the or the elf he wants, wants to, be to be a lawyer, lawyer. Ha, in, ha ha and then and then okay I'm not gonna lie my favorite line in the movie was was Ella going small claims court <laughs> remember when I was talking about wine mom humor a couple episodes back about prime yes Derek. I, I feel like I feel like a lot of this kind of I think this river flows into this particular film too. Yeah, it kind of does. Oh, and speaking of the soundtrack, I know that this is your second movie in our podcast that uses the lovely song Shake Your Booty by KC and the Sunshine Gang. Wait a minute. It was, I'm pretty sure they're called KC and the Sunshine Band. Did I not say KC and the Sunshine Band? No, you said KC and the Sunshine Gang. No, I would never do that. I would never mix up Cool and the Gang with... Casey and the Sunshine Hen- Band. I don't think I'm Hen- that like Hen- to God, out of it. That's at what this you're point. saying. Is the heat getting to me that much? Like my phone is on fire, and like my room is on fire, and my existence is on fire. <laughs> Hand to God, that's what you said. But yes, this is this movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, this movie uses uh, Casey and the Sunshine Band's "Shake, Shake, Shake, Shake Your Booty" in in in, in hilarious comic fashion, thereby forcing Anne Hathaway to shake her ass. Um, yes. And yeah, this is the second movie that misuses that song after Jolene. Uh, I don't even want to revisit the scene in which it takes place because that shit just troubles me. I don't either. Uh, so, oh, <laughs> fuck me. This movie, man. Um, 
it has the occasional moment of like not terribleness. I think I had an actual laugh once. And it's a testament to how boring the movie was that I can't fucking remember what it was. <laughs> Aw, see, at least I remembered what mine was. The short claims court. All right, damn. <laughs> there was also one shot that I like. There's only one in the movie that was like... Because this movie is kind of like boringly shot, put together. Oh, there was one shot in the movie that I actually liked uh, as well. Let's see which one yours is. Uh, Hall of Mirrors. It's a cheap trick, but it works. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, if it weren't for, like, the overlaid, like, sort of heads, like, from earlier in the movie, it would have been great, but and it found a way to fuck that up, too. I mean, like, it's it's like it's the easiest thing in movie to have a scene in a Hall of Mirrors. It works. It worked in Enter the Dragon. It worked in The Shadow, of all things. It works in pretty much everything. It works in pretty <laughs> much everything, and they still manage to fuck it up, sort of. Yeah. Anyway, what was your other one? The shot where they are both on the white horses, riding and talking. That was the only other shot I actually kind of liked. Um, eh. Yeah. And every other scene was essentially just, I know you don't care, uh, but every other scene was basically just, like, ugly. It was all so ugly. And something that really bothers me is that, like, in this story, I looked up the writers, and, like, I'm pretty sure most of them were women. <laughs> And okay. I don't understand how, like, how this concept was so poorly misused this is based in the on, hands of so many women. This is based on a novel also written by a woman. I know, but I'm assuming the novel isn't shit. Well, I can't really attest to that because I haven't read it, so. Neither have I, but I would hope it's not shit. <laughs> but anyway, um, uh, you know who else was wasted in this movie? Everyone. Yeah, everyone. Uh, Mini Driver, though. Yeah, Mini Dri- I, th- I think Mini Driver was in here, and she was just like, oh, okay, okay, whatever. I mean, I'll just like she was supposed to play someone who was kind of ineffectual, and just, I'll just like exist. Yeah, I mean, she, she almost played. She almost played that character with a flat affect. She did. She absolutely did. And um, um, what's her face from Absolutely Fabulous? Oh, Joanna Lumley. That's the one. Yeah, from uh, Fab. And many other things that you might know her from. Mostly know her from Absolutely Fabulous. Really? Not James and the Giant Peach? Oh, that's right. Uh, but yeah. no, mostly Absolutely Fabulous. And also Wolf of Wall Street. Um, that's right. <laughs> yeah, but, which I but, feel she plays such a different character than her usual. So anyway. <laughs> but no, everyone in this movie is like, you know, this cast is stacked. There's a lot of great actors in this film. It's but very true. in the service of really shitty material. Unfortunately. Um, so, anyway, uh, how about Flying While Intoxicated? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, I want to um, go watch Shrek again. Yeah, this, all, this whole time I was like, man, like this rips off Shrek so bad, I just want to go back and watch Shrek. It's true. It really does genuinely makes you want to go watch Shrek. And I just, like, I looked up Carrie Elwes' IMDb, and he literally came out with Saw this same exact year. And this is astounding to me. Like, such a good performance in a good movie, and then this shit. <laughs> just shit. Because I stand by Saw as a good movie. I really like Saw. This movie rips everything off, and there's something about, like, borrowing a thing here and a thing there. This is basically a Shrek ripoff, a Hamlet ripoff, 
Um, Cinderella. Cinderella ripoff. A dash of Sleeping Beauty. And um, you remember in the late, I think it was the late 90s, there was a made-for-TV version of Alice in Wonderland. Yes. <laughs> and the I can't remember anyone in the cast, but I remember that Whoopi Goldberg played the Cheshire Cat. Absolutely. I know what you're talking about. That. Oh my god, yes. I agree. I do want to say, I do actually like the fact that uh, at the end of the day, spoilers, she actually ends up finding her own agency by telling herself that she doesn't have to be an obedient person. And I thought that was kind of like a nice nice way to end it that's, that's cool of like the, somebody else forcing her to get it that's cool in the context of the film but it basically renders the entire movie that precedes it moot yeah i know i think that's really poor writing i know it is but it was a nice the strength was inside you all along that is a cop-out it is a cop-out but and... again i do think it's a nice sentiment. No, the the sentiment is nice, but I don't know if I was talking about this with you off mic one time, or this was with someone else completely. A noble <laughs> goal does not excuse a bad movie. Just because you have the best of intentions with the themes oh, no, that's and fair. ideas I would of your never film, never excuse this garbage. <laughs> it it doesn't matter if the film is not up to snuff. Yeah, if a movie has you know an important theme. Or deals with important issues. But as a piece of shit movie, it's still a piece of shit movie. It's true. But uh, in this movie, while... I mean, listen, I'm not the audience for this movie. Now, if I were, like... If I were eight, probably better. I think I, I would have a better... I don't think I would have liked this movie at eight. I think I would have liked it more. Maybe. But I doubt it. No, I feel like this is a movie that has that doesn't know if it wants to be sort of a like a movie for adults or a movie for kids. It doesn't know and it doesn't care and nobody like else should care. One of the things that Shrek did really well is juggle those two tones. It managed Absolutely. to be a kids film, a kid film with adult appeal. This is just a mess in terms of tone. In every single way. And it's a mess in terms of look. In terms of production, in terms of execution, it's... It's a mess. Baffling, kind of. But it's not baffling weird. It's just haphazardly... It's not even haphazardly put together. It's just really, 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 really mediocre. No, it's, not, it's worse than it, mediocre. It's not, like, bad, weird. It's just boring. And I hate to use that as a qualifier for a film, but nothing grabs me about this. Not the way it looks, not the way it moves, not the way it sounds, not the way it's put together. Nothing. It's awful. So one, what do you, <laughs> fresh or rotten for Ella Enchanted? Rotten. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah, Man. you, sh- you kind of shot too, right? Yeah, rotten. As rotten as the thing I forgot that was in my fridge. Yep. It's just, oh my god. Go go back and watch Shrek instead. Seriously. Pretty much. Like, the whole, the whole, just, just watch Shrek. Everyone should always just watch Shrek instead. <sighs> Alright, so that's that for that. Now it's time right, for... Uh, what are our recommendations? Re- recommendation time. So, uh, since it was your, your movie, it's my go. I'm going to recommend The Ultimate Made of Fairy Tale. That stars our evil king, Carrie Elwes. The Princess Bride, man. That is just... Oh, snap. That's just the tops. That's just a great movie. 
It is. It is a great movie, honestly. It's fun and it's it's heartfelt. It's funny. Andre the Giant's in it. It's probably the best thing that Billy Crystal's ever been in. Carrie Elwes is awesome. And Mandy Patinkin's in it, and he's awesome in it. Uh, everyone's great in this movie. There's like no Wallace Shawn, Peter Falk. No, I mean this is a movie. It's a made of fairy tale, a live action made of fairy tale with a stacked cast. That's really good. Exactly. Everything about it works so well. Uh, and it's man. sweet and it's great. And it basically great... was like Robin Wright's high point in a pre-House of Cards world. <laughs> a... Although yeah, some but... people would include Forrest Gump, but I fucking hate Forrest Gump. And I hate her character's writing especially, but whatever. You know, I haven't seen Forrest <laughs> Gump in like 15 years at least. Don't do it to yourself. Just don't. Just, just, don't. just don't do it. Just don't. Like, that would like, get a like, rotten. Like Grandmaster Flash so said, don't do it. Accounts. Don't do it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, my exciting recommendation yeah, is The Princess Diaries, also starring Anne Hathaway from <laughs> three years prior. I thought you were going to say The Princess Bride. <laughs> <laughs> the Princess Diaries with Anne Hathaway and Julianne. Yes. And Julie Andrews, and it came out the same year as Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so much synchronicity. <laughs> Which I felt was like, I know, right? So much synchronicity. I like how we, like, our unofficial recommendation for the episode is just straight up, like, Shrek. Shrek. Shrek is the movie yeah, you should the, go watch. Yeah, that's the unofficial recommendation because it, it came out three years earlier than Ella Enchanted. It doesn't star any of the same people. And, yeah, I mean, and wasn't directed by the same person at all. So. It wasn't. But I really do think Princess Diaries is a good movie, a very fun movie for what it is. And um, I think that was the movie that sort of announced Anne Hathaway to the world. It was the movie that announced Anne Hathaway. It was her first movie. Uh, oh, all right. Yeah. Well, that, that's, that explains that. That was 14 years ago. How fucking crazy is that? I know. I feel so old. Um, and um, yeah, yeah. So yeah. So dual princess recommendations. Yeah, I could also totally throw in Princess Diaries too, but like it's not as good. Let's not and let's not exaggerate. Let's not I know. Let's not put our horses before the cart. Yeah. So Derek, what are we gonna watch next week? Well uh, not next week, but next, well, next week time. after. Well, my friend, you shot yourself in the foot with this recommendation, right? Yes, I did. This is a movie that you thought was gonna be awesome. And then it ended up not being as awesome as you had anticipated. Yeah. Now, I am going to deliberately try to shoot myself in the foot with something that I hope will be awesome, but that probably will not end up being awesome. But, you know, I'm a, I'm an optimist. I hope this movie will actually be awesome in its own unique, twisted, uh, vehicular mayhem kind of way. And I feel like ma- vehicular mayhem is de, is a de rigueur right now. Because of Get Mad- on with it. <laughs> because of Mad Max Fury Road. But we will not be watching Mad Max Fury Road. Sadly. We'll, yeah, we'll be watching something else. We will be watching the uh, 2012 Destructorama Death Race 3 Inferno. Directed by Roald René. Jesus Christ, Derek, why? Because it's my turn now. Because I hate you. That's that's what you should have said. Because I hate you. Uh, starring Luke Goss, Danny Trejo, and Ving Rhames. Oh, you couldn't <laughs> like, uh, like you couldn't even give me like, like Paul W S Anderson's Death Race. No, it had to be Death Race 
three. Inferno. Inferno. Now, if you're not familiar, Roel René is a Dutch filmmaker. How uh, does, oh, hold on. How does Death Race 3 Inferno have a higher <laughs> RT score than Death Race? Because uh, Mr. René uh, is a... <laughs> Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, he's he his uh his other credits include the Marine Two, which is which is one of those movies that WWE makes. Yeah, with, like, no, I know, I know what they are. I I wholeheartedly. Oh my God, the Scorpion King Three, Cor- Scorpion King Redemption. Three, Death uh, Race Two, Twelve Rounds Two Reloaded, starring Randy Orton. I think. Sure. Yeah, it is Randy Orton. <laughs> And uh, and uh, the the recently released and apparently not that great, the man with the iron fists too. Yeah, because um... I have seen one other role, Renee Jam, and that was the Marine Two, which is actually pretty decent as far as like uh, directed video action movies are concerned, and it has a really good Michael Rooker performance in it. And now we're going to see uh, Death Race Three Inferno. I hate my life. Uh man, welcome to hell. Yay. We already went through hell. <laughs> this was hell. I don't need more hell. Oh, it sucks to be you. Yeah, it does. I know. Whatever. <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, uh, Juan and I run a website together. It's called Dim the House Lights. You can find it at dimthehouselights.com. It's where all our long-form film criticism goes. We're the co-editors, and we've got three other people who write with us, uh, Chris Mello, Michelle Arf, and Ross Burks. You can follow us on both Twitter and Letterboxd. Juan's handle on both websites is Whoa, it's Juanito. That's W O A H. It's Juanito altogether. My handle on both websites is Derek underscore G. Uh, you can also visit the podcast website, S I T M W Y podcast altogether dot tumblr dot com. There you'll see links to old episodes, a link to our iTunes show page, a link to our RSS feed, our Twitters, our Letterbox accounts, all sorts of neat shit. You can go to our iTunes show page, give us a rating, leave us a review, feedback, uh, tell us what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, and why we suck, but also why we're awesome. And um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Nobody knows it. Nobody knows it. Can't go a single pod without singing, right? Come on, come on, sing with me. Just, just come on. Let's, let's, let's close this just like El Enchanted did. See you in two weeks. When I was your class. (laughs) Whatever, okay. I don't care anymore. I'm done with this.